Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Harris Cherokee Resort. Find us online at caesars.com slash Harris Cherokee. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. You know, I remember something that Nick Saban said uh, a little while ago. They're they're asking Saban about, hey, when might you retire? And Saban said something at the time that, you know, seemed kind of, you know, unimportant, but it really stuck with me. He talked about how, and I guess what, this Halloween he'll be 70 years old, I think that's the case. And he said that he'd been on a team since he was like seven or eight years old. And he wasn't really thinking about retirement because he couldn't imagine the idea of not being on a team anymore. And that really stuck with me because I really believe that's true. It's like, I think a lot of, I, I, this may be true for women. I've, obviously, I, I can't speak to that. I just know what it's like to be a man. You know, a, as men, I think those of us, the further we get away in our lives from having been a part of a team, life just gets kind of weird sometimes. Like when you're a high school athlete, once those playing days are over, you know, how do you think about yourself and how do you kind of, I don't know, uh, you know, f- frame your, your, your life. And it's maybe even more so for college athletes. One of the reasons why, you know, as dads, we love coaching our daughters and sons and youth league sports. It's one of the reasons why a lot of times guys will leave, you know, lucrative careers in other fields because the call to be a high school coach is just so, so prominent and you know obviously for guys like Saban who've been in the college game it's like you're 70 years old but I'm not looking to give it up because as Saban said there's just something special to be a part of a team and I think about that sometimes when I watch the way the Georgia players interact with each other or the way in which the Georgia coaches and the Georgia players interact together and it's hard sometimes not to get jealous and I don't mean jealous of the fame and fortune that comes their way or the glory and the the uh, uh, glamour that comes from being a part of a you know college coach or college athlete because behind the scenes it ain't always as glorious and glamorous as it might seem it's a lot of hard work and there are some you know hard days for coach and player alike the thing that I get jealous of is the sense of camaraderie the sense of mission focus the sense of working you know side by side with other men towards a goal and when you win a game the payoff that you feel for having done something together like that's the kind of feeling that in other areas of life it's just really hard to conjure that up so I love NFL films for this reason because sometimes they give you a window into this hard knocks things like that Uh, I like what the SEC network does because they also give you a little bit of a glimpse into what I just described the hard work done together in cooperation coaches with players about trying to win a game trying to win a championship trying to improve and grow as players and develop young men it's just the kind of thing that when you're on the outside looking in you you look at these coaches and players and you say boy I hope they understand how special this opportunity is and I hope they understand how when their playing days are done because I talk to Georgia players all the time former Georgia players who I mean, they, you just can't help but miss it. You just can't help but crave the feeling you used to have. And it is hard to duplicate this with anything else that life has to offer. And so with that in mind, now we're going to make a football point about this in a moment. But with that in mind, I want to set up uh, the SEC Inside Good Show, uh, put out a social media clip of Kirby Smart after South Carolina talking to his team. And you can just kind of feel it, right? Like I, I can't show the video, but I will play the audio. You just kind of you just kind of feel it, right? The the um 
the the feeling of hey we worked hard at practice all week and now we went out there and we got the win we'll turn this into football we'll make a point about where georgia goes from here but first just kind of a cool window into how smart speaks to his team after they go out and get a first sec win against the gamecocks this from sec inside look guys it was anticlimactic because the game was probably over in the third quarter you guys did a hell of a job putting them away i still don't think the second half we did what we wanted to do what we did do was play with some effort and run around and play hard but when I turn this tape on, we can get better. And what we did, situational football, red area, defense was elite. Red area, offense was elite. Two minutes before the half, offense was elite. Turnovers on defense, got a bunch of them, elite. Trust me, guys, do not fall victim to the disease. We're too good. We can't be beat. AD, don't believe it. They're going to tell you that. Jermaine, don't believe it. They're going to tell you that. They're going to tell you that, guys. Don't let it. We're not practicing to beat somebody. We're practicing to beat everybody. Y'all understand that? And, and a lot of guys in this room, you didn't. You may not play tonight. You may be playing later on. You got to keep getting better. I mean, how much fun is that? Fiery speech from Kirby Smart in a locker room after a win against South Carolina. How cool is it to be a fly on the wall for all of that? I just think that's really cool. Now, let me kind of make this about the current state of Georgia football there for a moment too, because it is really very interesting what Kirby says. He says, "Hey, you know." won this game you got it done you handled your business early so therefore what happened later on didn't matter quite as much uh but you know you could have done this better you could have done that better that and I love the line at the end this is really the thing that's going to get your attention and this is really where our conversation on this show is going to start today when smart says and this is so perfectly worded we're not practicing to beat somebody we're practicing to beat everybody boy you just get really excited about that And, and it reinforces what we've been saying on this show now for a while that while Georgia has been imperfect and while the season sample size right now is still relatively small that if you take what you have seen seriously then up to this point in time even with Georgia's imperfections and even with the areas in which Georgia is looking to get better and improve even with all that taken into consideration through three games Georgia is probably playing the best football of anybody in America and if the if the struggles of Ohio State with its defense and having lost to Oregon and Clemson with its offense and Alabama with a little bit of both right now just not looking what the Crimson Tides look like and Oklahoma has not really looked the part of a national championship contender either if all of that is true then as we said on Monday show that it's not about striving for perfection because that's what it's going to take to beat a truly elite team pitching a perfect game against them in the college football playoff the actual real strife right now is striving for just consistently consistency being week in week out good finding a standard meeting that standard each and every week now let me kind of give you a few numbers that both kind of back this point up but also kind of take us in a little bit different direction there as well now total candor I don't understand a lick of what I'm about to show you, but it is at least interesting enough that it's worth paying attention to. There's a guy named Bill Conley who's like the math dude for ESPN, and he crunches numbers when it comes to college football. And what he looks at is performance through the first three weeks of the season relative to what like the average team would have done in those games. And he puts a number next to it. Let me read this to you. I'll show this on the screen. This is Bill Conley on Twitter saying, three weeks is too early to start talking resumes, he asked. Absolutely, but let's do it anyway for one specific reason. So you get the resume the resume top 10. Now, 
what it says is is that Georgia is number one on this list in terms of exceeding each game in comparison to an average team by 9.7 points. Okay, so do with that what you will. Ahead of Michigan at number two, Ole Miss at number three, Iowa at number four, Rutgers at number five, ironically. Bama is just at number six. Then you get to Cincinnati, Penn State, Oregon, and Auburn slides in there at number 10, fresh off the uh, loss to Penn State this past week. So once again, you read more from Bill Connolly. You kind of make a little bit more sense about that. I'm probably not smart enough to do so. But for those of you who say, wow, I think Georgia may have been the best team in the country through three weeks, Bill Connolly says, well, I've got some math that sort of says the same thing, that in comparison to how an average team would have done against Georgia's schedule, Georgia is exceeding that number by almost 10 points per game, week in, week out. So there you go. A little bit of praise for that. However, let me give you a slightly different number, though. And this is the one that probably matters more than anything. So I think there were some people who listened to our show on Monday and took my big takeaway as the outlook the rest of the way for Georgia is easy. They are exceeding their performance in three through three weeks, probably better than any team in the country is. And now against mostly manageable competition the rest of the way, all they've got to do is just play this good for the next nine games, and Georgia's set. They're 12-0 and in the regular season. They're getting ready for the SEC championship. They're thinking college football playoff. That the path for Georgia right now just looks a lot more manageable than it has maybe in a lot of other years. And the comparison between Georgia and other supposedly elite teams right now looks pretty favorable for UGA too. This is where we've all got to be pretty careful here for a moment. This is where we've all got to acknowledge that even though the goal is simple, hey, just don't be chaotic. Don't have the bad week. A lot of teams have had a bad week through three weeks. Uh, you don't be the one that has the bad week. Avoid the chaos. But actually avoiding that chaos is actually not necessarily that easy of a thing to do. Even if George is exceeding uh, the standard for its performance through the first three weeks, the next nine weeks maintaining that, that's just a long time to play consistent football. In fact, if you look at the ESPN FPI here for a moment, that's the football power index. That's more like math geek type way of looking at college football. One of the things that uh, ESPN FPI does is offer a percentage that Georgia will win the remainder of its games. And that percentage right now, believe it or not, is just 17.5%. The percentage that Georgia wins the division is actually 82.6%. The percentage that Georgia wins the conference is actually 45.4%. Uh, the percentage that Georgia makes the playoff is 72.8. If you take any of this seriously, uh, the number there that matters more than anything, though, is even though Georgia will be a favorite in every game that it plays the rest of the regular season, ESPN says still far more likely than not that Georgia gets tripped up somewhere. So when Kirby Smart in that clip you heard a moment ago is telling his team, hey, we're not practicing to beat somebody, we're practicing to beat everybody. The math would tell you, if you take it seriously, the math tells you that actually going out there and playing at this consistent standard week in, week out is actually really, really difficult to do. And it's one of the reasons why, as those of us who cheer for Georgia, we hope that those players in that locker room listening to Kirby and the clip I just shared with you, we hope they're really taking that seriously because showing up and being that team, including this Saturday, by the way, in that sleepy spot in Nashville, 11 a.m. local time, we hope these Georgia players are taking that very seriously. And maybe, just maybe, the fact that there's some growing chatter about some of the other teams that Georgia's playing uh, maybe that helps with this a little bit. We'll talk more in the show later on about some of the stuff that Kirk Herbstreit recently said about Auburn. But, you know, you heard Kirby in that clip a moment ago said, the whole world's going to tell you that you're great. The whole world's going to tell you that you're the best team in the country. 
You know, I don't quite know right now how true that really is. I mean, uh, our, our good friend Brad Nessler, who called the Alabama-Florida game on CBS on Saturday, he went on the Cole Kublik-Greg McElroy show on WJOX on Monday morning, and he actually said, I'm not sure about Georgia yet. He said, I'm still wait and see on the dogs. He says, they don't have a dominant guy there at the running back spot yet. He says, I think their receivers are still learning. He says, I, I think their defense is as good as anybody's in the country, maybe better than all of them. Uh, he says, but to answer your question, Florida impressed me. I thought it was just going to be hands down all right. Georgia's going to win the East. Last year, I thought Florida would win the East, and they did. I'm more impressed with Florida right now, though. I think Florida can hang with Georgia and be a threat more than I did when I was heading into Gainesville last week. That's the guy who saw the game very closely. He's the play-by-play broadcaster. So Kirby says, we're trying to win them all. We're trying to beat everybody, and the world's going to tell you you're going to do that, but don't listen to them. Block all that out. But the truth is, maybe if these Georgia coaches and players listening to the rest of the world right now, maybe they might hear actually a little bit of praise for Florida, and maybe that's a good thing as a way of keeping the focus for the dogs where it needs to be. Because no matter how easy it looks to go out there and beat everybody, as Smart said, as I pointed out a moment ago, statistically speaking, that's actually a tougher task than it might seem. So the Georgia focus, where, did, where is it going into Vanderbilt this Saturday, going into the games that come after that, including tough ones in the month of October? Boy, I am fascinated to see. I trust this team, though. I trust this coaching staff to uh, take it as seriously as it needs to be taken and be ready for the task that is at hand in the weeks to come. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. Good to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today. We're live on video, starting at 945 for our first and 15 on dognation.com and the Dog Nation app. Then 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, still on, obviously, the Dog Nation platforms, the uh, website, dognation.com and the Dog Nation app. Of course, podcast, whenever you want to listen to it, it's the on-demand audio way to hear our program. Apple, Spotify, the Google Player, I don't know, a thousand other podcast platforms too. Some of them I've never even heard of. But the point is, there are a lot of them out there for you. Radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. Just so great to be able to connect with you in so many different ways. And a big thanks to our friends at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort making it all possible. You know, from where I'm sitting right now in our palatial, friendly confines of our Dog Nation World Headquarters Studios, you know, I'm just about a two-hour drive from either the Harris Cherokee Casino Resort property or Harris Cherokee Valley River, either property i can get to easily within a couple of hours and when i get there i experience all they have to offer i'm talking about casino gaming i'm talking about gourmet restaurants world-class shopping a luxurious spa which is always so enjoyable and you know what else is cool right now because let's face it it's football season and you got uh you know baseball heading down the wire and all that kind of stuff you've also got legal sports wagering right now in the mountains of western north carolina at both the harris cherokee casino resort and the harris cherokee valley river properties so that is a terrific thing entertainment returning there to those venues there too it's just a, a great time to be at harris cherokee casino resort so please check out the website caesars.com slash harris cherokee for more on that that's caesars.com slash harris cherokee for more on that you can become a caesars rewards member you get all the great incentives that come with that and you can find out about the cool things happening at harris cherokee casino resort and harris cherokee valley river including stopping by seeing the book watching the games there and all the big screens and uh taking advantage 
of some really, really fun stuff in the brand new sports book open there at the Harris Properties in Cherokee and uh, Valley River, North Carolina. All right, Mike Griffith coming up in a moment. We will get a Georgia Farm Bureau practice report from him. Actually, a little bit more, uh, a little more, a little more practice report to it this week because Mike did get a chance to see a little bit of practice on Monday, and obviously he, like everybody else, saw George Pickens. We'll ask Mike what he thinks about that. The 2022 schedule was released yesterday for Georgia and the rest of the SEC. We'll get some thoughts from Mike on the dogs in 2022 and, of course, look ahead to the game against Vanderbilt and kind of where Georgia is through three weeks. All that coming up with Mike Griffith in just a moment with a Georgia Farm Bureau practice report. But before that, speaking of George Pickens, let's find out more about this now as we go around the doghouse presented today by our friends at Rooms to Go, furnished by Rooms to Go here today. And I was telling our video audience this a little bit long, a moment ago that so we're going to play the audio of Kirby Smart speaking about George Pickens. It's a little longer sometimes than maybe a, a clip that I would normally play, but I just wanted to get the full context for all this because obviously we talked about it a lot yesterday. It was a hot topic, and Smart spoke to reporters again last night. As you would imagine, that question comes up there in that discussion. So let me let you hear Smart on kind of the full picture of the current status of Pickens spotted by reporters, running routes, looking at least in that limited window with that limited activity, you know, pretty healthy all the way around, not necessarily an indicator of when he might return, but good insight from Kirby. This is about a minute's worth of smart talking pickings. Take a listen. Yeah, I was excited for George. I guess I can't remember when it was, two weeks ago maybe? Two weeks ago Monday or two weeks ago Tuesday, uh, he had a meeting with Dr. Andrews, and uh, he visited with him, and uh, of course he's the – the foremost authority and Ron went and his mother went, they had a sit down meeting and he felt like he was in a really good spot and cleared him to do some, uh, you know, football activity in terms of route running and, uh, things on air, you know, not contact. And, and George is, uh, running really well. He's, 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 uh, he's a special guy when it comes to coming off of injury. I mean, he's out there running, catching balls. I mean, you, you wouldn't think just watching there's anything wrong with him. Uh, but Ron has a protocol, and Ron's following that exactly. George has done a tremendous job of doing what he's supposed to do in rehab, being where he's supposed to be. And, uh, he works out, you know, during the practice. He only gets a little bit of time with us. He's prescribed, you know, like 15, 20 minutes at the beginning of practice, and then he goes and does his rehab program and his lifting program, and he's done a great job of, uh, of doing that. So what is the prognosis? I don't know. I don't know the timeline on that. I do know that he's working really hard, and we've not made it about you know George's return. That's not what we talk about. We talk about George getting healthy, and that's what we've consistently sold to him. I feel like every time I bring this up, I have to have like the caveat at the beginning, kind of like the disclaimer. You know, I like <laughs> you watch a movie, they have like the FBI piracy warning there at the beginning. This is my like you know my disclaimer beginning of this. George Pickens needs to do what's right for him. He needs to examine his situation and given the money he has a chance to make the NFL level, he just needs to make his decisions carefully and think, you know, thoroughly about what he wants to do here. So that's my disclaimer. However, even with that understood, it is not a no-brainer that there wouldn't be some value in Pickens returning and playing for George at some point this year, even if he plans on entering April's NFL draft, it's not a no-brainer that you just sit out the rest of this college season because that doesn't matter because you're about to go to the league where they play for pay. You know that that's not necessarily a no-brainer, and I don't just mean that from the standpoint of of hey, you come back and you play, maybe you show NFL scouts how healthy you are and what you're all about. I, I mean that beyond all that too. 
I mean, think about this for a moment. You can say, well, this is self-serving argument, B.A., because you're a Georgia fan. You want Pickens to come back. You can say what you want. That's totally fine. I realize I'm open to that, that, that critique on this point of view, but I'm going to say it anyway. Think about a guy like Carmelo Anthony for a moment, for those of you that follow the NBA. Anthony's played in the NBA for a gazillion years. He's probably made a billion dollars. I mean, I, I say that jokingly, but he's made a lot of money. Has he had an in, a moment in his professional career as special as the one that he had when he led Syracuse to a national championship back in the, uh, you know, I guess early part of this century in, in, in college basketball? I would suggest not. I talked to Connor Riley yesterday about the fact that a guy like Justin Thomas, the PGA Tour golfer, said a couple of years ago that if he had a choice of winning a major, winning the Ryder Cup, he'd rather win the Ryder Cup despite the fact that he didn't get paid a dime for doing so. That's just how special that event is in his mind. That's how how bright his competitive fire burns for a chance to be a, a part of it. And I would say college football can be kind of the same way, that sometimes you don't have to have a financial motivation to want to go out there and do something. There are a lot of things we do in our life that goes beyond just the financial motivations we might have. Sometimes you do it because you want to. Sometimes you do it because you want to prove how good you really are. And the idea that Pickens says, hey, I may go out there and play, you know, 100 years in the NFL and may make a lot of money for doing so, but I got a chance to be a part of something cool and really special here at UGA. The kind of vibe that we heard in Kirby Smart's locker room a moment ago with the speech that he was given. I mean, there is something to be said sometimes for just the love of the game and the idea of, yeah, I want to be a part of this because I can. So that's not a guarantee that Pickens comes back this year. And as I've said a million times, we'll continue to say, he should do what's right for him. But people shouldn't be quick to assume that the only thing that's right for him is waiting until the NFL and waiting for the draft or waiting for that. Sometimes fiery competitors don't want to wait. Sometimes fiery competitors want to compete. The chance to compete for a national championship at Georgia for Pickens may still be a special thing so uh just keep that in the back of your mind there a little bit that is around the doghouse it is furnished today by our friends at rooms to go and there's nothing that feels better than the place that you live looking good because when it looks good it makes you feel more comfortable right and rooms to go can really get you set up for the place that you live the place that you call home to look the way that you want to look when you bring friends over to have the you know just present the vibe that you want to present to, to impress those that you want to impress that's what rooms to go can do for you whether it's a single piece of furniture you want to furnish the entire room you need just that accent piece to kind of finish it all off you think about outdoor patio furniture or like a living room or like a bedroom for your kids i mean all across the spectrum of opportunities rooms to go has it all for you so you can stop by and see them at a rooms to go showroom and you can touch the furniture and kind of just imagine yourself living on it living with it or you can check them out online at roomstogo.com. Either way, uh, you can find out how Rooms to Go can get you set up for the uh, home that you want, the comfort that you deserve. Rooms to Go has got you taken care of and all of that. So check them out today, roomstogo.com. That's the word two spelled out, T-O, roomstogo.com. All right, before we are done, I told you there's not only praise for Florida out there, there's actually a surprising level of praise for Auburn. We will get into a pretty clever thing that Lane Kiffin is doing to maybe combat Georgia's recruiting efforts for a top prospect. And we'll talk a little bit more about the 2022 schedule there as well. So a lot for us to do before our show is done. But for now, the latest on George Pickens, the preview of the game Saturday against Vanderbilt where the dogs stand after three weeks. Let's touch all of those bases here for a moment. It is a Georgia Farm Bureau practice report with Mike Griffith. Good to have you with us here today on Dog Nation Daily. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com Insider. 
Georgia Farm Bureau practice report with Mike Griffith right now here on Dog Nation Daily. And uh, Mike, glad to have you in the program. Let me pick up with you where I just was a moment ago. You saw Pickens with your own eyes on Monday. You heard Kirby Smart speak about George Pickens after practice yesterday in a press conference. Pickens obviously a huge name on a show like this. We've been fans of his for years. So for our audience, give us your thoughts on where you think things stand with Pickens here at the moment. Well, it's exciting for sure. I mean, you know, to see George out there running routes and, and running post routes, not just jogging, but he was running and cutting. Now he had a knee brace on, but it looked like a lighter knee brace. Um, but, he, you know, he looked like George. And you look at the way he's built, you know, he's kind of thin, so it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of pressure, you know, being put on his knees. And, and then, you know, he, he wants to be back for the Florida game. So uh, could that happen? I, I mean, I suppose it could. I mean, Kirby's qualified it, said that there's no timeline, to be clear. Uh, he says that, uh, you know, there's a certain protocol. So it, it's pretty pretty fascinating uh, to see George out there running routes and catching passes. Kirby told us he does it for 15 or 20 minutes every practice, and then he goes into the weights and, and does his own uh, rehab. Just for fun, I want to put you on the spot. Do you think he plays again this year? Yeah, I do. Good stuff. Good stuff all the way around. All right, so we see George get off to a 3-0 start. I think you and I are kind of in the same mindset on this. I think you can make case that while George has been imperfect, it's probably been – the best performer in the country through these three games. Obviously, you know, George is a huge favorite against Vanderbilt on Saturday. No reason to think that won't continue. What do you think we've learned about Georgia through these three games and, you know, how Georgia kind of compares to the uh, rest of the country here at the moment? Well, I mean, obviously the front seven is special and it it kind of masks a lot of the issues that are on the back end that the players will tell you they've got, you know, uh, I guess it was Lucina said, we're not as good as you think we are. And Christopher Smith said the same thing when I talked to him the other day. Monday I was able to go over there, uh, interview players in addition to going to that open practice. And, and Christopher said the same thing. You know, we're, we're not as good as people think. Uh, a lot of the mistakes on the back end are being covered up by the front end. And You wonder if or when Georgia faces a team that, that can exploit those corners uh, because there's a problem there. There's a lack of depth there. Uh, it's a green unit. I think Darian Kendrick is playing well. But that other side, Brandon, uh, you know, it hasn't been solved. We, we see now why Amir Speed hasn't gotten on the field yet. Uh, Keely Ringo, some questions about him as well. Uh, I think they're playing a lot more Kamari Lasseter, hoping he comes along. Remember, uh, Kirby said he was the surprise of fall camp. I know he got some reps against South Carolina. They, they really need that other corner to step up. Uh, and then offensively, I, I think um, – if we're being honest, I think we'd be disappointed with the offensive line. Just not as dominant as it's been. Um, you know, I've, I've been telling you about Broderick Jones needing to get stronger at the left tackle position. Kirby Smart has said the same thing. Uh, you know, he kind of threw water on Broderick Jones getting more reps there. Said, you know, that Jamari's actually playing better at left tackle than guard. So I think a projection that, that uh, a lot of us had, including myself, that, that Broderick would play his, his way in at left tackle, I I don't know that's a given anymore. I'm not sure that's what's going to happen. I think Kirby said they're going to go with the five best. He's not just going to hand it to a guy just because he's had five stars. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Let me just give you, just for the sake of conversation, kind of an optimistic counter to all that, that I don't think it was a coincidence that Georgia ran it a little better on Saturday after two consecutive weeks of also throwing it pretty well, too, that – 
at a certain point in time, it's actually possible to make the job of the offensive line a little easier. And I think with Georgia throwing it the way that it has the last couple of weeks, it does make the job of the OL just a little bit easier. Group still needs to play better, and you got to figure out who your best five are, and not just who the five names are, but where those guys need to be slotted. you got to figure all that out. There's no denying that. But also, let's watch again on Saturday there as well. Another overmatched opponent. Now two consecutive weeks of seeing Georgia really do it through the air. Um, all, all of a sudden, now you just can't defend Georgia the same way that you have in the past. This this is a defense put into conflict about what Georgia's going to do in a, any given moment. And so I am curious to watch if you can see more consistent output from the Georgia passing attack if my theory holds true that the running game – performs better because of that or 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 alongside of that maybe the better way to say it oh i think so you know i you know i think if you know if we want to see the glass half full i mean we can i can sit here and tell you about all sorts of great things happening i mean uh jt daniels is has been everything we thought he would be i mean he's outstanding he's incredible i mean the guy was seven on seven on third down throws and six of those were for first downs there's one interception he seems to want to force it to his buddy john fitzpatrick a little bit tried to throw one in the end zone to Fitz, too. He needs to give up the ghost on that one. Uh, once Darnell's back, that, that'll be a moot point, um, which I think Darnell Washington will be back soon. I think that's going to be a game-changer, too, B.A. I think Darnell changes the way teams play the Bulldogs. But, you know, we've been down this road before. I mean, 2018 was going along great. It was 6-0. and Everything was wonderful. Jake Fromm was top five passing efficiency, championship-level defense. And then they went to LSU and got their uh, butts handed to them. Yeah. And all of a sudden we said, wow, right? We saw this in 2017, flying along, number one team in the nation, ran into Auburn, buzzsaw. So I think the fact that Georgia has that self-awareness that they need to continue to improve. Uh, and what's exciting about this team is that I do think there is room for that, right? Because we know Darnell Washington is yet to come back. We're talking about a George Pickens comeback. Uh, you know, it's been over a year for Dominic Blaylock. It's unfortunate that he pulled a hamstring. It sounded like he was on the verge of being back. Um, not sure where and when that'll be. But we're seeing outside receivers get better, too. Hey, Lad McConkie's a guy I like to watch. Yeah. Let me tell you, that's a feisty little guy. He's going uh, to get his hands on you. He's going to block you downfield. He's going to make some catches and runs. And uh, I like what he's doing out there. We've seen Jermaine Burton strike dive. He, you know, he may not be good enough to be a number one. But you know what? If he strikes deep two or three times a game, that's, that serves a purpose. If you've got those guys on the perimeter like him and Donnie Mitchell uh, that can go deep and stretch out the field, that's just going to make life a lot easier for Brock Bowers and, and Darnell Washington and those running backs out of the backfield. So to your point, there's a lot of great things going on with this Georgia team. Why I have them ranked number one. I do. I have them ranked yeah. number one on my uh, – we do a Super 16 ballot in the Football Writers Association. It's, um, you know, we used to, the National Football Foundation is associated with us, uh, Tony Barnhart, a lot of other uh, folks on that poll. And I've got the Bulldogs number one. I don't apologize for that. I don't think you have to. No, I don't, I don't think you have to apologize right now. I mean, listen, I'm also not one of these people, Mike, that's like, well, Alabama's definitely not good because they struggled against Florida. The truth is we've seen Alabama have kind of the sleepwalk game in September before. I assume they get better. And, in fact, I think it's going to happen here in a couple of weeks. But after three weeks, I don't think you owe anyone an apology if you're currently ranking uh, Georgia 1. Now, they don't give them riffraff like me poll votes. But if I had a poll vote, I'd rank Georgia number 1 right now as well. 
you know, and, and there are other people that have them ranked number one. You know what I think is funny, and ironic maybe is a better word, I saw there was a clip of Mark Stoops, you know, someone asked him about Will Muschamp being on the Georgia staff and if it helped, and he's, oh, well, you know, Georgia's got some players. Shane Beamer says, oh, well, they got 100. You know what? Then why didn't they vote these guys first-team All-SEC? Because I don't want to hear this crap. Don't be telling me now how great Georgia is, but then I see only one guy make first-team SEC. That's a bunch of bull, man. You want to talk about how great they are now? Why aren't you voting them first-team? Because I'll tell you why. Because they don't like Kirby Smart. And they don't want to give him any credit for developing this talent. Look, the, the league sees Georgia coming, B.A. They know that this is program is a sleeping giant. And if Kirby and his staff ever get it together and win a national title, Georgia's going to take over. Because they've got the most fertile recruiting ground in the SEC that they don't have to share with another program. Alabama's always going to have Auburn right there up its butt nipping at its heels. Can't get away from it. And there's not as much talent in the state of Alabama as there is Georgia. If Kirby can truly get it going, there's no reason why Georgia can't dominate the SEC the way that Ohio State dominates the Big Ten. Because Ohio is a very similar state in that respect. They have one dominant program. And they have a lot of in-state talent. So I think, there's, I think a lot of these coaches are speaking out of both sides of their mouth. They want to tell you how great Georgia is. But when I looked at the coaches' preseason All-SEC team, I only saw one or two Georgia guys on there. So which one is it, man? Let me try are, to... are they that good? And if they are, then why aren't you both? I don't want to hear it. These, these, these coaches, uh, you know, they're all manipulators. They all serve their own purpose. And they're all full of a bunch of bull, okay? You can't have it both ways. You either want to recognize these kids as first-team All-SEC, or you need to recognize the coach for developing them. But you can't have it both ways. I think it's an interesting point. Let me try to move through a couple other topics while I have you here. Uh, I want to finish the 2022 schedule. Let me get a couple things before that. I don't really want to talk about this, but I feel obligated to ask him. Um, is the quarterback rotation thing, is that done? I mean, I love Stetson Bennett. I was frustrated with what happened on Saturday. I'm hopeful this is not going to emerge again. Um, regardless of what Smart says, I'm assuming he's probably ready to move on from this too. Maybe that's what the Pickens thing was about in a roundabout way. I don't really know. But – are we are we done talking about quarterback rotations when JT Daniels is healthy? Because I think even those of us who like Bennett hope that's true. You know, I think we're done talking about it. But if you're asking me, B.A., do I think Kirby might get a wild hair and stick Stetson in another game if JT has a bad drive or two and try to say after the game it's because he won? Kirby Smart is sold on Stetson Bennett. They're just – we can't escape it. The head coach loves this guy. He absolutely loves Stetson Bennett. And there's nothing wrong with that. Coaches are supposed to love their players. But Kirby sees something special in Stetson Bennett. And there's no doubt about it. There's no denying it. He's not going to apologize for it. I think he realized that, 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 that in a public forum, most fans uh, you know, want to see JT out there you know, until the game's in hand. But if you're asking me what I think, I do think Kirby's going to stick him in another game before the year's over. I don't know when. Nobody's told me that. But I know this. Kirby is really stubborn when it comes to certain things like this. The fact that he put him in that last game after JT led two touchdown drives and had the stadium rocking, you know, that was pretty bold. And and I think that Kirby – I don't think he's doing it, you know, because he's his fishing or hunting buddy or his uncle. I mean, I see all this crazy stuff on the internet. They're not related, okay? 
people need to stop saying they're not related. They don't, they don't fish together. They don't hunt together. It's nothing like that. It's a coach that sees something special. He sees something special in Stetson, really likes his mobility, and really believes in him. And I don't think that's going to change, guys. I'm just going to tell you. I'm not saying it's going to happen the next I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't have a prediction. But if you're asking me if I had to bet on it, I'd say, yeah, we'll see him do it again. And this can be quick as well. Do you think Georgia has extra motivation against Vanderbilt on Saturday? I'm talking about obviously theoretically they could. I'm so, But in actuality, are they looking to tack on extra scores against Vanderbilt and what should be uh, you know, a blowout game anyway because of the way that last year's cancellation happened? I mean, the way that Kirby's talked about it, you know, he says the coach called him and, you know, he realized he couldn't. Hey, listen, I, I, I really don't know. I, w- I would have thought so. I would have hoped that they would have wanted to do. But I just, I don't get the feeling. I feel like the mission for this season outweighs, you know, paying back, you know, Vanderbilt and their horrible program. It's almost like, look, yeah, they could tack on what's more scores, but what's really more important? Here's the deal. This is probably your last chance for a little while, to, you know, for at least three or four weeks, to, to play some of your second, third, and fourth stringers, okay? Because the Hogs, that's not a team to – I think we would both agree that Arkansas is not a game to take lightly, and neither is Auburn. These are, these are, these are scary games, okay? These, these are scary teams. We'll see what Arkansas does against A&M this week. But that's not going to be a game. But this is a game that by the third quarter, you know – you know, you could go in the game, Brandon, and people wouldn't notice because they're going to be dominating. So this is your last chance to get some of that young talent, valuable repetitions, um, get those guys uh, experiment. Matt Luke's chance to, you know, tinker with the offensive line, you know, maybe strike that, you know, formula or get that guy, that rep that puts them over the edge. So that truly is more important than making, you know, Vanderbilt pay for, for being Vanderbilt. Let's be honest here. This is – that's what we expect from Vanderbilt. That Vanderbilt is not a proud program. It's not a proud football program. They don't make it a priority. The stadium stinks. They've had the city of Nashville and all this growth behind them, and they did nothing with it. They beat Tennessee. They had in-state momentum. They did zero with it. They don't care. So because they don't care, you can't punish them for being Vanderbilt because they're supposed to stink. And they're supposed to not care, and that's the way it's always been. And the SEC gives them a free pass because they like the city of Nashville, and they bring a little bit of uh, academic, uh, whatever, reputation to the league. Oh, well, you know, we're not just football. Really? Yeah, look, we got Vanderbilt. Oh, okay, that's the smart kid over there in the corner with the glasses on. Yeah, well, I guess it is a decent classroom then, right? Come on. Mike, uh, let me remind folks as our practice report brought to you by our friends at Georgia Farm Bureau. And of course, Georgia Farm Bureau understands that so many of the folks that listen and watch us each and every week, hardworking folks trying to get to and from work each and every day. That means relying on a dependable vehicle. And of course, that also means that you want dependable auto insurance giving you coverage of that vehicle. You want an insurance company that's going to keep their promises to you. That's what Georgia Farm Bureau has been doing since 1959. They have been taking care of folks all across the state of Georgia when it comes to great auto insurance. In fact, you can find out more about this yourself. Uh, their experienced agents, their friendly claim folks, you know, a lot of local type service there as well. That's what Georgia Farm br- brings to the table all over the place, local adjusters and everything else. So you can find out more gfbinsurance.com. That's gfbinsurance.com. That'll get you in, ch- in touch with Georgia Farm Bureau. Mike, I've kept you long, so I'm going to go ahead and let you go for right now. Thanks for a good insight 
on everything involving uh, Georgia football here today. Obviously, we'll continue to read you as the dogs get ready for Vanderbilt on Saturday. We appreciate you being here there as well on our program here today and look forward to the chance to chat with you very soon. Have a great one, B.A. Thanks. Good stuff. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Let me just say a couple things here real quick about um, a couple things that Mike brought up there. And one of those in the Vanderbilt game, I said this this morning, I made an appearance on 960 The Ref, our radio partner there in Athens. So it's like, I think if you're a coach, this is my assumption, that if you have a chance for some easy motivation, you just take it, right? Um, And obviously, you know, for Georgia players, maybe remember the frustration of a year ago. Once again, we've said this before. It's like Kirby Smart may not say anything about Vanderbilt canceling on him, but Scott Sinclair may go around, you know, trying to pound that message. Hey, these guys canceled on you a year ago. They took away your, you know, chance to play your last game. They took away, you know, so and so senior night or whatever, you know, the, the thing is. Like if you have a chance to 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 use that message, maybe you try to use it to practice to see if you can squeeze a little extra juice out of your team going into a game like this and maybe you reward them with a chance to get an extra score because of that georgia as it stands is already like if if last time i saw the number they're like a 35 point favorite in this game Uh, on the road in the sec even if it is just vanderbilt 35 point favorites that's outrageous outrageous number for that game already the other thing that mike brings up about you know georgia having such a small number of first team preseason all sec guys and you know obviously i do think smart and the staff deserve a little credit for the way they've developed them it's one of those things where i actually don't fault opposing coaches opposing media you know i don't fault them for not ranking a bunch of georgia guys in that preseason spot who hadn't really played a lot yet who had not really been in a starting role before i don't think it's a intentional bias against uga the way that mike kind of suggested that it was that it was these are guys for the most part that had been kind of a role-playing role in previous years and now they're in that starring role but it is, to Mike's point, though, an example of, of Georgia being on schedule with its development. You know, you show up on campus for a year and you kind of learn. You sophomore year, you try to, like, put what you've learned into use on the field. And then by year three at a place like Georgia, if you're if you're four, five-star type guy, then you ought to be in a position to kind of dominate there a little bit. And that's happening on schedule. I would say that Trayvon Walker is doing that. I'd say that Nolan Smith is doing that. I'd say that Adam Anderson, who's been here since the 2018 class, but, you know, he's he's doing that. That, you know, people always say, what happens to all them five stars once they get to Georgia? Well, as I've said a million times, a lot of those five stars are still here. Most of them, a huge number of them are still here. And guess what they're doing? Right now, for the most part, Georgia's five stars are playing like five stars. And so for the people, and there is a lot of wishful thinking on the part of fans this way, the wishful thinking that Georgia will squander all the talent that it has there was never really any evidence that george was at risk of squandering that talent uh, for the most part it's utilized its talent pretty well now the talent hasn't always been evenly distributed across all position groups that may have caught georgia a couple of times but now that a lot of these former five-star very high rated four-star guys now that they are juniors and seniors you are seeing them play the way they were always supposed to play we say this every single year it's okay not to have a bunch of preseason all sec guys but you better have some postseason dudes or otherwise you're not winning the SEC. It's okay not to have a bunch of guys in Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper's first big board, their first mock draft. That's fine. But you better have a bunch of guys in the last one because otherwise you're not winning games in the field. Georgia is on schedule to develop a bunch of players that were not household names for the preseason All-SEC guys and for the uh, mock draft guys. They may not have known some of these Georgia talents. 
But all of a sudden, on the field, these Georgia guys are doing what they're supposed to do in their third and fourth years of the program, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. The Georgia coaching staff deserves some credit for developing them there, too. So with that in mind, let's quickly roll through our SEC through here for a moment. The 2022 schedule is out for Georgia and the rest of the SEC. We may do the rest of the SEC schedule on SEC Country Live today. And honestly, I don't want to spend too much time on 2022. We're knee-deep in 2021. But let me show it to you on the screen here for a moment. So the big deal against Oregon and Atlanta, you already knew that. How about the order of these games? At South Carolina on 9-17. I kind of like September Georgia-South Carolina. It just feels right for that. Uh, Missouri a little earlier than it has been. Auburn and its new date now on October the 8th. You think about um, it kind of interesting to think that Georgia will play Florida and Tennessee in back-to-back games on uh, October 29th and on November 5th. It's kind of interesting. Then two, this is a little bit different than you've seen. So um, November 12th, November 19th, Georgia's got back-to-back road games in the SEC. That's a little bit of a unique schedule at Mississippi State, at Kentucky. Now, we don't know how good either one of those teams is going to be. Reason to believe that neither team will be better than average. But it is interesting to think about back-to-back road games. Really, you know, two very different kind of trips there, too. So uh, pretty interesting stuff there on that. Mississippi State's actually one of the SEC stadiums I've never been to. I've never been to Starkville. So hope to get a chance to do that. Uh, And by the way, uh, Lexington on November 19th could be cold. I mean, uh, 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 Kentucky's pretty far up north there a little bit so that could be a cold game for Georgia on November 19th something we don't typically think of uh, around these parts cold weather Georgia football and then of course on November 26th Tech will come back to Athens for the first time since 2018 is that right 2019 game was in uh, Atlanta they didn't play in 2020 and this game's going to be Atlanta in 2021 too so Tech will be for the first time in four years back in Atlanta uh you know, God willing, on November 26th of next year. A couple other things real quick. We'll bounce through this. I told you about some praise for uh, Florida from guys like Brad Nessler, and I gave it to you early in the program. Kirk Herbstreit, who called the uh, Auburn game, also uh, gave a little praise to the Tigers after their close call against Penn State, saying, I'm not saying look out Alabama in the Iron Bowl, but Kirk Herbstreit told Paul Feinbaum this week that he liked what he saw from Auburn in a tough environment against Penn State. So, you know they didn't cover the spread and I don't know that anybody thought that Auburn was ever all that close to actually winning the game but Herb Street was there in person he gives a little praise to Auburn for that performance against Penn State we'll talk more about that on SEC Country Live later today also Jerry and Ely the Ole Miss running back speaking of Alabama uh, once again talking pretty confidently about what his team has in store for uh, Alabama basically you know saying they're going to be ready to go and not scared of anybody right now which I wouldn't expect Ely to say anything different just be very careful here very careful the whole world next Saturday is going to be lining up behind Ole Miss because the Rebels kept them close a year ago scored a bunch of points against Alabama Ole Miss seems to be riding high Bama seems to be reeling a little bit after playing it close against Florida this is just this is the reason why Vegas builds those casino palaces this is the reason why um, people just feel like they see the trend coming a mile away and it's just not the way it's going to go. It's just not. I'd save your money if you think about betting Ole Miss against Alabama. That is my PSA warning to you right now. I don't think life is that simple. We've seen Alabama shake off the doldrums before, and I'm, something tells me come Ole Miss next Saturday, they're going to do the same thing uh, once again. By the way, speaking of Lane Kiffin, did you see where I'll do more of this on SEC Country Live today too. The only person Kiffin follows on Instagram is Arch Manning. 
is actually a pretty clever thing, I think, in terms of not just pursuing Manning, but getting attention for your pursuit of Manning. And obviously right now with the stuff that Matt Corral is doing in that Ole Miss offense, easy to think why Arch Manning might like his grandfather's alma mater and his uncle's alma mater of Ole Miss. Of course, I also saw where Corral was upset. He was joking, of course, but upset that Kiffin doesn't follow him on Instagram. So I think now Kiffin is actually following two people, his hope-to-be future quarterback Arch Manning and his current quarterback Matt Corral. But for all the things that sometimes I roll my eyes about with Kiffin, this is where he actually is pretty clever pretty good at being able to kind of utilize social media to draw attention to himself and by following just Arch Manning he clearly got a, a lot of attention on that speaking of getting some attention you want the right kind of attention at your next tailgate party you can get that when you serve some finished long drink of course it's been a part of sporting celebrations for a long time go back to when the summer games were in Helsinki back in the 1950s that's actually where finished long drink was created it was invented not discovered it's not a continent but um either way it was it was first made back in the 1950s uh for the summer games there in helsinki it's been popular in finland for a long time now it's here in the united states and it's here in georgia there as well four different kinds the traditional in the blue can the long drink zero which is zero carb zero sugar the long drink strong eight and a half percent alcohol by volume long drink cranberry which is as you would expect a you know, liquor style drink with a cranberry mix. It's ready to drink right out of the can. It looks like a beer, but it's not. It's a ready to drink cocktail. So many of you have reached out to say authentically, genuinely, you really do enjoy it, which makes me really happy. I love to be able to share that with all of you. So if you haven't tried it yet or you just want to get some more, go to thelongdrink.com. You can find out where to get it. It's thelongdrink.com. You can find out today where you can pick yourself up some finished long drink. So quick backstory here for a moment. Go back to Thursday on Cover 4 Live. That's the show that all of our Dog Nation teammates do together. Mike Griffith, Connor Riley, Jeff Sintel, and me. And I told a little joke about Florida on the air, which kind of got some folks laughing. They had they had some fun with that. And so I got some social media response to it. Somebody had made a video of my joke and then had kind of done a like a basically like a social media edit of me on top of that we haven't done a ba themed golden shoe giveaway in a while but i did want to show this off on the screen here because i thought this was very funny joshua hammonds shows me i got the gold chain i got the hat i got the sunglasses uh you've seen that meme probably before maybe not seen that attached to to my face there in my own home there but uh good stuff from joshua hammonds thank you joshua for sharing that on social media we'll make you our golden shoe winner for today by the way speaking of those lousy stinking gators they get what's coming to them in 38 days that is our gator countdown we'll see you tomorrow dog nation daily presented by harris cherokee casino resort and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down of course presented by rs andrews you can find them online at rsandrews.com and they'll take care of you for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. We're going to bounce through a few comments here. We'll probably be pretty quick on this today simply because we were pretty quick also on video today, too. We just got a lot of things going on sometimes, it seems, on a Wednesday. With that in mind, our buddy uh, Deshow803, he's Rambo on Twitter, was reaching out to me on Twitter as well. I Dog Nation Daily because I was talking about on the radio this morning when I visited with the folks at Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref about leaving Warner Robins on Friday night and driving to Chattanooga along my way to getting to nashville on saturday morning and you know like i'm not one of these guys you know like when i was younger it seems like a lot of people are like oh i drive 72 straight hours you know i'll drive i'll drive from here to la and then back again won't have to sleep at all like i'm just not that guy right like i am 
you know, the kind of person that like, you know, I can drive at night a few hours, but after a while I get pretty sleepy. I mean, I got a little bit sleepy coming back from Athens this past Saturday. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, you know, it's, it's like, I, I, I'll drive three or four hours, but that point in time, I got to lay down and get some sleep. I got to find a hotel to sleep in after a while there. But I'll also say that, you know, listen, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like there's nowhere I'd rather be on Friday night than doing a great Warner Robins Lee County game on Peachtree TV. And on Saturday morning, no place I'd rather be than Nashville right there, getting ready to watch the dogs beat up on the Commodore. So, uh the way that you do that is is you figure out a way to get the travel done so if this is as hard as my life ever gets figuring out a way to squeeze in two football games in a weekend then i feel like i'm pretty blessed all the way around so we are figuring all of that out but i appreciate rambo having some fun with that brian whitehead also mentioned that pat 40 from sports illustrated currently has georgia number one in his top 10 ahead of oregon at number two and penn state at number three so kind of a resume based top 10 there and i think that's kind of a, a nice thing to see uh, david frank reaches out to say that uh uga's four highest rated from the 24 7 composite receivers gilbert pickens washington blaylock have not played a snap this season yet georgia's 17th in the country and second in the sec in passing efficiency i think that's great news and it's the kind of thing that georgia fans ought to celebrate now you know as we said during the regular show you got to find a way to replicate it for nine games but the fact that georgia has weathered the storm of these significant injuries as well as they have I believe that's a that's a pretty commendable thing. Over at DogNation.com, the comment section there, Dog Biscuit writes in to say that he's standing in the gap and praying for George Pickens, and he mentions a verse from the book of Jeremiah as a way to do that. And listen, I promise you this, there's not a Georgia player out there that's going to turn down your prayers as they come back from injury, try to avoid injury with the way they're playing. I think a lot of us were moved by the images we saw of Jordan Davis praying with his mother before last Saturday's game. And you know, listen, I get to know a little bit of these parents, and I can promise you their prayers are earnest. They are sincere in their, you know, wishes for their sons, obviously for success, but most prominently for health and safety. I mean, football, I mean, you saw it with the uh, South Carolina player that got injured at the beginning of last week's games. I, I apologize for not remembering his name. You, you, you just know how harrowing the experience can be, how you're always just one play away from dealing with that injury. And when we see a Georgia player get hurt or when we see a Georgia player you know, trying to recover from injury, we're obviously thinking about it from the standpoint of what gives Georgia the best chance to win. But the emotional connection that the families have when they see one of their own go down is so much more significant than that. So uh, I think it's great to pray for George and pray for all these guys that they get healthy, stay healthy, and they enjoy the opportunity they have in front of them as really fulfilling a lifelong wish of playing college football rh batch weighs in to say ba thanks for the mention of my comment from yesterday and uh to all of you who share your thoughts as part of our cool down i cannot tell you how much i appreciate it. it just makes it so much fun to be able to engage discuss share all of that i am really grateful so for those of you that hit us up at dognation.com or for those of you that go and reach out to me on twitter at dognation daily however you do so thank you so much for doing it appreciate you being a part of our podcast cool down and we'll see you back here again tomorrow. Of course, in the meantime, check out R.S. Andrews if you need to at rsandrews.com. If you're worried about your air conditioning unit, they can still get it tuned back up for you for factory fresh specs. Or if your water heater goes out, in many cases, R.S. Andrews can replace it for you the same day. The website to go to rsandrews.com. We'll see you back here tomorrow as well for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. We'll look forward to speaking to you then, everybody.